welcome to More Than Words podcast. This, these are your hosts, Liz and I'm Sarah. Woohoo! Hey, Sarah, <laughs> how are you today? Listen, I am, I am amped and scared and nervous <laughs> and anxious, full of coffee full of joy in a, in a very odd way. I know none of that connects. Stop bringing the nice cup. You know, I got this rusty dusty that don't even have the words on it no more. You so First of fancy. all, I gave you cups so we could you all did. have the same cups. You and did, also last them. time, the last time we recorded our conversation, I had nothing. I had nothing. I had no coffee, no water, no wine, no nothing. And that was a hard conversation to have. It made me all sorts of uncomfortable, uncomfortable. And I think I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said, but that's, that's what, that's what this is about, right? You know, saying things that you're uncomfortable about and, and being called out on it and saying, Hey, like you said something that you shouldn't have said, or mm, let me correct you here or something like that. So, so I'm, I'm going to let you go on with that monologue yeah. as long as it's not about how you said it, because really it's like, look, we can, we all need to have those vulnerable moments where we need to be 100%. And then we can, we can come back and be like, you know what, that was a, a moment that I could have been a little bit more clear uh, because maybe my wise mind <laughs> was running my <laughs> emotional mind versus my logical mind. So um, all those good things, but no, I I'm feeling all those things, right? This topic has me all over the place. Um, I can't wait for y'all to meet our guests. We'll wait for that. But like, you know, when we think about all the topics that we put on what that we want to discuss with the audience. This was one of the scariest ones. And Liz, you pushed me to put it on it. Once again, if you just joining this podcast, Liz has forced me um, to do this work podcast. I'm making some eyes for those that can't, (laughs) for those that can't see me, I'm making some eyes. Like I didn't put that. I mean, I may have, when we were in the conversation, pulled up our topics tracker and be like do 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 exactly exactly don't tell them go and tell them how you work see this is how it happened every time y'all I told y'all before go back to the old episodes Liz will talk you into something and before you finish the sentence it is done don't do it be prepared when you meet her don't be mad when to finish that conversation your name is on some subscribe list and or you about to sign up for some walk uh because I think I did I just I got something about a t-shirt um yeah we're doing a we're doing a walk we're doing a walk Mm -hmm. but But, um yeah and our guest today actually my mind is going right now too so I'll warn them later on Mm -hmm. because they don't know who I am now yes it's coming it's coming coming. coming. I've I've written a lot of things down for our guests and I'm really excited about it but uh yeah yeah Yeah. so don't hit that 30 second don't hit that 30 second forward yet y'all hold on hold on because I got something for you I got something for you so (laughs) tell us uh tell us your what would your auntie say moment okay y'all so y'all know what you know what would your auntie say is normally about you know bonus courage um all those like daring moments right that we those curious moments but let me tell you i am pulling the card on that audacity um <laughs> moment today okay so i had a client listen if y'all not watching this video y'all about to miss all this black girl action with the fingertips and uh, she has the finger up let me just I'm she has the you. finger up she has her red glasses on yes, she gets yes, her yes. edges clean Yes, I sure did. And don't, and I don't want nobody, first of all, you shady Liz, because y'all know <laughs> I, I had to pause, that out. 
<laughs> I had to pause this podcast. Like, don't hit that record, y'all. I just realized my edges not laid. The little edges that I got left, I want them laid. Okay. So that was a good moment. You, that was a good moment. I had to bring that up. <clears throat> anyway, all right. Shady. Let's talk about your auntie audacious. And then moment. you go drink out the nice cup too. That's it's a whole lot of shade going on today. We're gonna do we're gonna do better today. Okay. So <laughs> my moment. So as y'all know, you know, I, I do we um, Liz and I coach. And so, so oftentimes before you get into these coaching agreements, especially if you're working with the organization, they want to fill you out, right? Like, who are you? What's your program? Like, what's the organization you, you support? What's your mission? And oftentimes there is this awkward moment for some clients who are in the lower level of maturity in their d journey that happens. Now, let me tell you, it has happened many times when I've been in the organization, like as an employee or working with executives, like in a coaching um, um, experience. It's this moment where, you know, people are like talking about the business case for diversity, equity, inclusion. And then all of a sudden they say, well, you know, you know, why did you get into it? And then you give them your answer. Right. Like, yeah, I'm passionate about this work. They make change. But they was like, but 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 tell me, like, but what? But like, for real, like, but, but why? Oh, no. You know what I'm talking about. That look when they be like, you know, oh, no. I mean, like, no. Nah, so what exactly? I was like, other than that, what, are, what would be what? what is it? Like, I always ask the question or I just leave the awkward pause because it makes you me know, happy. Like, because you know what they're about to say. Yes. But yeah, you're giving them you the say space it. to no, say it. No, you know, they're not going to say it. They're going to say it. They're not going to say it. They want to say it, but they ain't going to say it. They'll do that. Well, you know, you know why you got into you, it. Right? You, you know, know, you know why you got into yeah this yeah yeah, right? yeah. Okay. For, for your community right that's where they go with the light one they go light right <laughs> community like for the community right now i mean they've learned the word they've yeah. learned the word community now they want to hear. okay mm, all right is so it? then so for all the audience who don't know what's happening here this is when people try to find a way to say you only in dni because you're doing it because you're a black you're a woman you're a person of color you from uh, uh some of the underrepresented demographic and this is the only reason that you could be in this work other than the fact that you think there's a greater value for our society their organization their people their business right so the business case could be buttoned up tight and don't get it and anybody get to see my business case presentation you already know but if you get to that point when they be like well really why like, you know, and I had even in 2020, somebody said, well, you know, this Black Lives Matter movement, I can see why you're passionate about it. I said, how so? Ooh, that person paused for like 30 minutes. I said, I'm gonna still be here looking at you to answer that question. I could deal in science. But it's like, listen, give me That's some so auntie. respect. You're being yeah, so give me auntie. some respect. This is the That's finger auntie. too. This is my auntie moment. That's give me auntie. some respect. Which, the auntie give- goes, go ahead. No, not the arms crossed. My eyes don't give me arms crossed. It's more sinister. It's more sinister. They just lean in, kind of like, so, you know, kind of how you do oh, when you oh. was young. Like, some up. Like, like this, like in. the tias go, yeah. a ver, yeah. dime, yeah. And, tell yeah. me. Yeah, and then their posture get a little open where you're a little fearful because it kind of lets <laughs> you know, like, they might kind of, you know, they might get a little closer. It's real interesting behavior. But me, I love it. I'm like, you want to be silent? Let's be weird together. Let's do this. And I shouldn't use weird because... Your little one did tell me the last time I said the word weird that that's not a nice word. So anybody, I apologize for the word weird, but I will say for me, when a person wants to say something so bad, if you that bold and you have that audacity, go ahead, say it out loud. Because I'm going to tell you right now, nothing's better than the test of understanding who you about to work with when you get a, a misstep. So go that's ahead. A, that's, that's what I enjoy. Happen. 
that's what I enjoy. And I think we're, we're going to have this conversation very shortly. This is going to, it, 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 it does relate to a lot of it. It's like, let's just go ahead and have that awkwardness and the, I don't know moment. And like, why are we so afraid of not knowing or afraid of just saying something like what yeah. happened? You know what? Like what happened? Um, that, that this caused this fear in you. What happened to being bold and courageous and brave and and just saying like, I, I don't know, making and saying, hey, I'm making an assumption here, and I apologize. And if you if they did offend you, saying, hey, I'm sorry, I offended you. And listen, you know when you say that, I got tons of answers because that's how I roll. It's like, oh, cancel culture, social media, fear of looking bad, uh, fear of like uh, being. First of all, we'll have a cancel media. culture conversation. I think that's. <sighs> I'm gonna put that down. I'm gonna have a cancel culture conversation because what people? It's like, well, I don't want to go into that one, but <laughs> I just thought of something Ooh, I was about to say. I saw something like, about the rip out. Go on, rip. <laughs> I forgot we were recording, (laughs) but I mean, like cancel culture, it's like, that's an accountability. Mm -hmm. You're getting mad because you're being held accountable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're being held accountable, even if you are in truth, right? If you're saying something, you're being held accountable for putting it out there and allowing others to have to, to, to be able to visibly be a part of or or it somehow have a level of connection to what you said. And you can, and that's fine, okay, right? If I write an email to somebody and they don't like it, they got 100 reasons to email me back like, I don't like your tone, right? If I say it out loud, they don't like my tone, they like my hands moving, my earrings blinging, that's fine. You can have an opinion about that. But at the end of the day, for us to not to engage in that dialogue about the, by, by at least acknowledging that person to have that moment and also having some Socratic debate, like bring it back. What happened to debate? Like it's no. okay for us to have an exchange. And then sometimes it don't require any feedback at all. It's like, okay, you said what you said. I said what I said. We here. Yeah. I mean, so, what happened? And, and I don't know if it's, you know, if it's specific, cause I mean, People would, as they get to know me though, and, and they hear stories about my husband, my lo- my husband loves having uh, debates, healthy debates. He likes to know the, he wants to know why people think the way they do. It's just a curiosity thing. What happened to our curiosity? Mm-hmm. Where, and, where did and, that go? Yeah. It's, but you know what though? And, and then, and now I know we need to get to that next section, but it, I feel optimistic because I'm going to tell you right now, it's no one more inquisitive than some of these, uh, Gen Z's, right? Listen, you know, my, you kid, ever, my kid, my four-year-old was like, mommy, I'm inquisitive. He's four. I was like, Siri, can you help me spell inquisitive? I in oh, I think I said this story the last time, but anyways, he was saying he was inquisitive and he's four years old and boy, does he ask some questions. <laughs> Listen, you know that question that I, I don't know if this is right. We, this is probably not the right time to start that question for time and sake, but I'll tell you right now, nothing more bold than a Gen Z or, uh, or those closer to that, or those who found their worth confidence and that they're, they've, um, they found a way to feel like they're, that my authenticity is more important than how how I look, right? Or how things look, uh, I mean, according to society standards. Yep. I love those engagements because I'm saying right now, I had to lean in. I mean, seriously lean in on a three-year-old one time. And I know they were three. I don't know if they was three, but that, I mean, in, in my mind, it was three, but the conversation was definitely at a 10. I don't know. You know, I'm not- three-nager, I don't have, A three-nager. 
it was one of them hype things. I wasn't sure what was going on. But when I tell you, this kid had me engaged. I mean, we was talking for 15 minutes and I didn't forgot I was supposed to be here for the parent. But let me tell you what, the questions that that, that child provided, we had a good conversation about thinking differently. This kid basically was saying, look, you are an old adult, <laughs> right? You forgot your, your passion to be curious about things. Oh, and he man. proceeded to go and pick up all the things. He was like, so what do you see here? And how do you see here? And he went on this little journey with me and basically was like, you see a pen, but I see uh, a dart and I see this and I see that. And I mean, he, first of all, he read me like for, for real. I was like, you know what? I need to do better. You right, little kid. Go on. Let me, let me talk to your mama. <laughs> I, love it when, I love it when <laughs> kids school us. I love school. it. School. school, school, school them. All right, Sharon. Well, you know, that's a great auntie moment. I love mm-hmm. it. I wish I was in that conversation. <sighs> no, I apologize. But let me go ahead and get to our guest. So this is my turn to introduce guests. Uh, and so the person you are about to meet, right, is a person whose reputation preceded him well before I ever met him. So um, I had a whole nother life that we could talk about at another time, but I worked overseas and the company that I worked for um, at the time was, you know, kind of getting me ready to go over there. Like, you know, trying to give you the debrief. Now, keep in mind, y'all, just if you ever, as a person of color, there's a debrief the company give you, then there's a debrief people of color who either been there or haven't been there give you. So depending on how people relate to you, you might need to get both, right? So I got my company debrief one, you know, I'm HR, so I do that for other people. So I was like, yeah, I'm ready for Africa. Well, long story short, somebody pulled me aside. I was like, I heard you go to Africa. Let me tell you about this person named Rob. So first and foremost, just some cues for you. If someone ever say, hey, have you met or do you know somebody, insert their name, typically they trying to be like the, the ping ping that is something about you that's relatable to this other person. In this case, he was a black man. Just FYI. Let me just get to the short of it. So his reputation had preceded him. They was like, yo, you need to get with Robert. I'm talking about 45 people. I'm not lying. Came to me. You better know Robert. Robert, you gonna meet Robert. Robert, cool. Robert did this for the organization. And he was the first this. He was first that. He was this, this, this. So first of all, that's not a lot of pressure for the normal person, but it was a pressure for me because I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm coming in here with my full, you know, self. I'm trying to be here too. Like, who is this person? So I get greeted by Robert, right? When I, like, on my, literally my first day uh, in Africa. And Robert comes in full on African garb because we are in Africa, shirt to the T, right? <laughs> like he got it customized with khaki pants, and he come out, he's like, oh, hey, Sharon, how are you? Nice to meet you. And, you know, he did the professional salutations. And as soon as my white manager walked away, <laughs> Rob was like, I see they got another sister here. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, Robert. Who is this Robert? So Robert immediately showed his authenticity. Now, don't get it wrong. He would do that in front of anybody. But anybody. that was his way. That was his way of welcoming me. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm happy to show you around, all these types of things. But he did also the other thing. If you ever have an interaction when you are a woman with a man, specifically in the instance where they're like trying to help you out, they did this. He did this thing. Well, you know, you know, I got, yeah, you know, uh, I want to get to know you, though, because I'm, a, you know, I got a wife, you know, here I got two kids and a grandma. Like, he, he you know, men usually try to give you the rundown, let you know, hey, I ain't asking you out. 
I just want you to know <laughs> that yeah. I'm here for your sister, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens. I'm not sure if that's a cultural thing. Y'all gonna have to uh, comment about that. But I want to introduce him also as my mentor. So one thing that happened in my career, when you work in a lot of white spaces, oftentimes you can be the only person or you could be trailing somebody who is either 100% reaching back for you or somebody who's like, nah, this my my gig, sis. You got to do your own thing and figure it out. Robert was 100% reach back. And he was so reached back to the point that he has literally mentored me, literally sponsored me, put me in places that he could have stood in to allow me to lead and learn. He's literally championed and like championed my name and, and spilled into me so much knowledge and resources um, professionally and even in life, because that's what happens when you're in spaces like that, you know, a fishbowl on an island in Africa. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, when I walk away and I think about this particular person, this conversation that we're about to have later today is the only other person in Liz that I want to have this conversation with about being human. And so when I think if anybody ever gets the pleasure to meet Robert, um, I, I, first of all, count yourself lucky because he's a depth of resource um, and he is a person that will always create space for you in your conversation and where you are at and always let you feel your value even well before you realize it. So with that said, Phil, oh, come on on, Robert. I set it up real big for you. You know Who are you talking about? Robert, man, <laughs> that was a moment. I feel like I need yeah. to hand over an award and uh, the Academy Award goes to. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was going to say ashes to ashes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome, Robert, to our to our podcast we love having here and you know what's funny Shara that a lot of what you said is so true about Robert because I can't recall when I actually officially met Robert because it was never it was never like a moment like oh hello my name is Robert hey my name is Liz it was almost like it was immediate like oh hey girl what's up like I know you and I'm like I guess I know him. And <laughs> and it's so true. Like he does give you space to just like be you. I've never not been myself in front of Robert in any instance, no matter where I am at. So Robert, I'm so honored, so blessed to have you on our podcast and that you're willing to have this really difficult conversation. And I know that it's been, uh, I know I put it on the list as Shara is blaming me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, so thank you for 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 coming on. So one of the things that we like to do with all of our guests is we love using the diversity wheel because it definitely sets you up on kind of introducing yourself. And it's a good tool. We've put it out on our Instagram page. Um, hopefully people have had a chance to to look at the diversity wheel and, and, and what that makes up. So tell us a little bit about what dimensions resonate with you. OK. First, let me give a shout out to my mom, because everything you said, you know, this kind of me helping you be who you are. And that that's her. And, and the older she gets and the more I'm around her, I realize that's where I got that from. That's why um, my mom and my aunt were like peas on a pod. And I would refer to my aunt as Tupac and my mom as Snoop Dogg. Because one was like fiery and ready to go, and, and my mom is laid back, you know, so she snipped off. That's so awesome. I get, I get a piece of, of both of them. But uh, the diversity wheel, I guess uh, the three 
that jump out to me and that uh, I'm continually passionate about is gender, race, and and sexual orientation. And you know, those three continue to be the three top ones that we seem to have a problem with <laughs> in our society. Uh, and, and they're always front of face. So, you know, the gender one is, 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 is dead center right now with, you know, reproductive rights. Race always number one for America because that's America's original sin. And, and we continue to not want to talk about it, not want to deal with it and sexual orientation. And so, um, yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the three that jump out. And what were the, yeah, those are, you're right. Cause those are the, the, the top three things that's ever on everybody's mind. We have differences of opinion on them and we have different stances on them. And, and as you said earlier, when we were coming on, those are the things that people don't want to talk about in the room. And I, you know, you have to pose the question, is it time for us to have these conversations and, uh, and, and have awareness and saying like, this is where we're at. This is where I'm at in all these topics. So what are the, what are the stereotypes that you've had to deal with face with either personal or in the workplace and how has that impacted you? Well, you know, the one, the, the one big one in, in the workplace was obviously race. <clears throat> when I started in, in my career, uh, the first place they sent me was West Texas. So here I am, uh, <laughs> a black man in West Texas, and this is the 80s. And just for reference, I was born in the 50s. And so I have to remind people of that, uh, you know, that I was born in a time of segregation. That, that's my frame of reference. I grew up in segregation. I grew up in a segregated community, black church, black school, uh, black everything. And so I didn't encounter people of a different race, you know, on a social or work until I got into the workforce. And so when I got into the workforce, um, I went to West Texas and I'll never forget I was there in this very small town, West Texas, outside of Midland. And I was sitting at the diner. I walk in and I'm the only person of color uh, there. And, and this guy comes up to me. He's sitting at the diner. and You, you can feel somebody staring at you. And so he's staring at me and he says, um, and I turned and looked at him. He said, you want to know where the black side of town is? I said, sure. He said, you're it. <laughs> and he started laughing. And he actually turned out to be a pretty cool guy. So that was a moment of stereotype where it worked to my advantage because he ended up mentoring me. Fast forward later in my career, when I got into management at a diversity function, one of the white guys came up to me and asked me, he said, do you think you got your job because you're black, your managerial position? I said, maybe but I didn't keep it because I'm black. And so that, I guess, you know, race has been the, um, the one that jumps out most often. You know, that's the one that people go to, the cheap, the cheap route. Of late though, it's been age <laughs> <laughs> because I speak to a lot of, um, I do coaching and I do workshops and speaking engagements. And I do a lot with young people because I need to stay hopeful. And so I work with a lot of, you know, middle school and 
and every time I get up and speak or do a workshop, one thing they always come up to me and say, wow, I, when I walked in here, I didn't think you you would have anything that would interest me. And and I was just shocked that you you seem so relevant and you seem to understand what we're going through. So here I am, you know, being discriminated because of my age. I can't believe it. <laughs> and, you know, Robert, only you would be able to go into West Texas and when someone's <laughs> pointing at you saying, you don't know where the black side of town is. <laughs> and they said it's you. I mean, I would have. I would have been like, okay, it's time for me to leave now. I felt very, you know, awkward. But only you would be able to like, let's have let's make this guy my mentor. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think and the reason I keep going back to my mom is because I've watched her in those yeah. kind of difficult things. You know, I mean, my mom, you know, grew up. You know, my growing up coming of age was in the '60s, uh, and so she was a domestic, you know, black woman in the '60s. You know, trying to raise kids. And, and so she had a lot of those moments, you know, and watching her with that dignity and that kind of, but uh, that also audaciousness of saying, I know who I am and I'm not going to let you disrespect me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I've always sought out those moments to talk to people I disagree with. So if, if you clamor at me and you can call me anything you want to call me, what you're not going to do is get to walk away. And you're going to have that uncomfortable conversation that I know you don't want to have because you're ignorant and you just want to throw a bomb and run. And no, I'm going to invite you in and say, hmm, yeah, let's talk about that. Tell because me you probably have never been confronted with that, right? This with the whole thing of you can dish it, but you can't take it kind of thing. And I love what you said about yeah. I always talk about my mom, Mama D. We're going to actually yeah. have her on our on our podcast. Yeah. And one thing that. I realize as I'm getting older and I also have my own children is that they are, they had the audacity to be themselves in an environment that wasn't made for them through a system that wasn't, isn't made for them. And, and having that curiosity and saying, you know, um, I want to still stick to my culture and my, and who I am. And, and you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to make room for you at my table and give you, food and 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 be there for you and everything and it's like I always wondered with my mom but would it be have extent would it have been extended the other way you know would they have the those spaces that weren't meant for you would somebody have put a a seat at the table for you and brought you food and made you feel welcome whereas you know your mom and my mom would have absolutely done that to anybody it didn't matter right right And, and we know the answer to that no, and, I know. And, and the one thing I don't let people rob me of, uh, no matter how they feel about me or where my place is in this country, is is the moral argument. And I feel like we've allowed other people to rob us of that moral argument. And 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 what you just stated was that moral argument. And and the fear has always been if the tables were turned. And policies have been made because of this fear that they'll do the same thing to us. And yeah, there are days I do want to do the same thing, (laughs) but I know in my heart, I have the moral argument and no, I'm not going to do the same thing because it it was wrong. And I'm not going to, um, you know, stoop to that level to allow you to drag me down and treat you the same way. But um, that ignorance continues because people are afraid to have that conversation and afraid to, 
to to engage. So we just we stay ignorant. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good segue, Liz and Robert, to the topic today. Believe me, my armpits is a little hot around me. <laughs> I noticed I you were a little quiet there. I noticed you were a little I, quiet. I, yeah, you know how I get. I got to process. Like, I, I got to yeah. process it. I, I'm, a, I'm a fiery one, right? But sometimes when it gets deep and it's like, you know, once again, this podcast is an expression of like my practice and vulnerability. So I'm like, man, I don't know how much I want to give people, give the world so I can keep something for myself. But this is going to be that conversation where you're going to get a little bit, a little bit more about who I am, or at least um, the space to have to navigate something like Robert. But I invited Robert, right? I said, look, Two people I want to have this conversation with about being human. And I was like, Liz got to be there. And the person I'm about to go grab up, right, is Robert, <laughs> right? So, Robert, I mean, listen, this this conversation, once again, is, is one of those ones that I think we just need to have. It's like, so the topic for today is really about why I, I don't or some people don't connect with the word human. And so I'll give you the kind of context of where it came from. So Liz and I are part of a consortium, um, MFR, if anybody uh, has listened to the episodes from uh, Melanie Ryan, it's her um, organization. And um, what we do is we, you know, we do coaching and there's some consultant arms. It's all these things right around diversity, equity, inclusion, um, and, and belonging. And what I will say is we were in there trying to get like literally this statement, right? That we're trying to like um, really lean into to be consistent across the board. And it was one of those statements where you're like, you're trying to value and and bring forward um, the human. And it was like this word that kept people say, kept saying human, the human experience, the human, um, the human in all of us, the human connection, human, human, human. And I, and keep in mind for the context of the room, there are two white women um, it's Liz, who's a Latina, and myself was black. So we're sitting here having this particular conversation, and everybody's like robustly talking about what this word is, and and I literally have like this visceral response. Like, yeah. I mean, my body triggered, my 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 voice got really really calm, and I said, I'm so sorry, y'all, but I just cannot connect with this word human. And everybody's like you know, kind of like, what? You know, like, what's going on here? And after that, I they were like, well, of course, we're coaches. Like, tell me more, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and know. also, like, I want to point out, too, because we talk about this a lot, like, when you feel something and you have a strong reaction to something, think about how you're feeling emotionally, physically, and write right. it down, because that's a signal there's something there that you need to mm-hmm. dig deeper into. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So we were all taken aback. We're like, what? it was one of the moments like you think you on the stage like you just all of a sudden become like six years old you're on the stage with all these adults looking at you it's weird it was a weird moment so for the first time in my life like I do not recall an instance this happening so and and keep in mind this is like a couple few weeks ago a few weeks ago now so um I hear this word human I said I don't not connect I do not connect with this word human like I there is nothing about society that tells me that they think that when they see me, I'm a human being. And when they see people of color that look like me, male or female, they value the life that is associated with being human. So we go down this piece. I mean, literally, that's my statement back, right? So the group is accepting of it. They say, well, we appreciate you sharing that. Let's talk a little bit more offline if you feel comfortable, right? And then they change the the word. Now I go offline. 
first time I've ever felt that way so visceral. And I, I have this hard reflection about 2020. Now, keep in mind, anybody know me, I, I rose through things. Like I like I process and go. Like I ain't one of them people. I'm like, all right, stuff happening. We got to go. And that's because I've been in urban environments where you don't get time to process and, and, and soak in it. You have to navigate because two steps ahead of you is another challenge, right? <laughs> or a, a person who could be um, a, a, a challenge you, right? And so in that moment, I said, for the first time, you know, in my life, I realized all the layers of risk that I navigate every day. For me to even conceptualize human or human, me being a part of humanity, I had to be like, I'm never, I don't walk out feeling safe as a woman. I don't walk out feeling safe as a black person. Mm -hmm. I don't even walk out feeling safe being a person of people who are not of color. Every time I go out, I feel like in any of those spaces, woman, black woman, a a person who's friends with people who are less like um, less like them, that I am ever in a, sp a space where I'm fully feel like I'm safe and valued. And this is how I put it in. In my mind, I'm a visual person. I was like, you know what? If I walked out on the street and something happened, like something was going on with me and people between me and a dog in the street, the level of concern about what's happening to me versus what's happening to that dog will, will be exponentially higher about that dog than me as a person. Because guess what? If a black person is shot in the street or we call for help, there is not one of those moments where you'd be like, oh, safety is coming. But if I'm a pet owner and my mom is, not me, I don't want to own it because that's not my journey right now. Somebody can call Peter on you. And the whole force is coming. There is an association coming to get your dog right now. They are going to store up. They're going to take care of it. By the way, you might get fined and shamed in some type of way about your treatment of animals. But when you kill a person that look like me, have a skin like me, from places that I've lived and been, there is really little, no, little to no repercussion around that unless society decides that you're valuable and that instance and that situation is valuable. And so all of that hit me like a ton of breaks and it triggered a lot of other things I'll get to in the conversation. But I said, I just needed some place to add this in a trusting way. If I ever wanted to put this on a recording. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've had one of those moments. <clears throat> the, the one that came to mind was it, it was uh, we were in a diversity <laughs> uh, event uh, at the company I work for. And um, we were we had just watched the film the color of fear and it was my first diversity event and they played the color of fear and so there were two black men with about 30 white men and so we watched the film and when when the, when the lights came up i realized that i had my fingernails were dug into my hand and, and, and there was a rage in me and we sat in a circle. Then they made us put our chairs in a circle and say, now let's talk. I couldn't talk because I knew if I started talking, I probably would, the action that followed that talk would have probably been illegal. But, you know, and, and this is gonna be a hard conversation because I think we live in a country where white people don't know how angry we are all the time. 
And, and it's not that kind of anger where, hey, I'm going to go out and, and hurt somebody, but just below the surface, that simmering rage. And, and the rage is just what you, you, you articulated. I know who I am, but I know who you think I am. And, and, and let me just say this as a precursor. When I, when I use the term white people, I'm not talking about any particular person. I'm talking about white America. And I'm talking about the, the power in this country. There, there, are, there are people with power and there are people without power. That's it. All those other terms we use have nothing to do with how this country is established. People with power, people without power. And there are people without power who are white. <laughs> and so when I'm using that term white America, I'm talking about the power base in this country that started and had, has not ended. Let, let me share a story and it kind of gets into what you're talking about. I was at a coffee shop pre-pandemic. And so we sat there every morning and talk, talk about our family and talk about, get into some of these conversations if we can. And there was a guy there, he wasn't a normal part of the group. And he got into immigrants, oh, you know, immigrants and, and, and you know, they're, they're gonna destroy this country. And they invited me into the conversation. I said, go ahead, I'm, I'm fine. They said, no, 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 you normally have something to say. And, and, and so I said, okay. And so here's my, I have three questions for you. Um, my first question was, do you believe everybody in this country is equal? And he was, a, he was an older white man, probably in his mm -hmm. 70s, but angry. Uh, do you believe everybody in this country is equal? He said, absolutely not. I said, okay. He said, yeah, some people are tall, some people are short, some people are rich, some people are poor. I said, I didn't ask if they were the same. I asked if they were equal. Then he thought about it. He said, hmm. He said, no, they're not. I said, okay. He said, you have a problem with that? I said, absolutely not. That's your answer. I said, here's my second question. Do you believe everyone was created equal? Then he started thinking. He said, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, everybody's created equal. And so here's my final question. If they were created equal, and you don't think they are equal, who or what made them unequal? And he said, bah, and walked off. And I think that is kind of the rub, right? We have created a society where people are unequal. Now, sameness is, is a different thing from equality. Equality goes back to what you talked about, value. Am I valued the same as any other person? And, and, and this guy knew in his heart that what the truth was, but he didn't want to talk about it. So I started thinking about this question. What does it mean to be human? Now, if, if someone came from another planet, Cher, and said to you, I'm from, you know, Vulcan, you know, what are you? You would say, well, I'm human. And it would make perfect sense. And you would say, he's human, she's human. You point at anybody, no matter what race, gender, or what, because we're all human. Because that's the context for your humanity. You're talking to someone from another planet. 
So I think what your question really is, why do I feel a problem with that phrase? It's really, what does it mean to be human in America? Because that's a different context for our humanity. And I think about it in three terms. So biological terms, what does it mean to be a human biologically, which is what you would have been describing to that alien. What does it mean sociologically? And what does it mean theologically? And so no one would question you being a human biologically because we have lungs, we don't have gills, we breathe air, we drink water, we eat food, we have legs and arms, we're human. I was hesitant to bring up the theological and the reason is, the reason I do bring it up is because some of the very people who claim to believe in God have a problem with accepting my humanity, your humanity, Liz's humanity. But the biggest problem we have is sociological. Who made us unequal? I was born a human at birth. I was created a human at birth. Martin Luther King said, I'm tired of marching for something, for a right that I had when I was born. And so it's difficult for people to have that conversation. The response of those people in that room was, I can't believe you feel that way. And the reason is because they can't understand what that feels. There are people with power and there are people without power. And the powerless have been made to feel subhuman, have their human de humanity devalued. And the people with power don't think about it. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's they part of the privilege, right? That it's not something that's thought of. It's not something it. to think about. Because honestly, it was part of my own privilege too. When Shara did say that, I was like, oh no. At first I thought I was like, how, how is this possible? But then as I started thinking about our history and how this country was founded and I think earlier I mentioned the book that I was reading about unsettling truths mm -hmm. and it talks about the church and what the church did, you know, th th through colonization and the power that it gave people right uh, to to colonize different parts of the world. And as I started thinking about that, I, I I got very quiet and I said I could see it and history has proven us and to events to this day have proven us. I mean. I don't want to, we're going to have another conversation about this, but like, just think about the Buffalo shooting versus the yeah. Uvalde shooting. Yeah. 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 And, and let me jump in on that point. And, and, and I'm continuing to build this context. Hopefully there is a part of the audience that is non, you know, white, <laughs> white audience. History is history. His history is not, you know, colored by anything until we do it. History is just fact of things that really happen. And I know some people don't like to talk about it. Some people, you know, reinvent the history, they rewrite it. But people always say, well, don't, don't blame me for what happened in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. Don't blame me for slavery. I, I, I didn't own any slaves. I, I didn't, you know, uh, I went around doing Jim Crow and, and I thought about that and I said, well, yeah, you're right. So here, here's, here's the context for part of this conversation. I don't blame anyone today for, you know, what happened to, let's say, Emmett Till. 
the, the young boy who was brutally murdered. And I blame you for what happened to Tamir Rice, right? I don't blame you for lynching black people in, in 1940. I blame you for killing black men in 2000, 2020. Yeah. I, I don't blame you for the Jim Crow laws that disenfranchised people, you know, redlined them in ghetto and took away their voting rights. I blame you for what's happening now. So for some reason, generation after generation after generation, it's the same behavior. It may look differently, but it's the same result. So for those people who, who want to opt out and say, I'm, I'm free of that, no, you're not, because you're repeating the same behavior, and it's because we can't have these conversations. That's right. I mean, we talk about inaction. Yep. Inaction is a choice. And as you continue to not changing behaviors and making different choices, then we're never we're going to continue repeating history. Yeah, I, you know, I've been quiet and it's and, and for those of you who see the video, I've been going on and off mute because I'm taking some real deep breaths. I'm using my breath work and wellness right now. Just FYI, shout out to mindfulness. Um, but 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 honestly, there's nothing I, I don't disagree with. But the day to day navigation of blackness is absolutely exhausting because every day you get up. And you decide that I'm, I still want to contribute to this world. I still want to bring everything that is in my mind, my hands, everything that I could create to the spaces that least want me. <laughs> and when you think about psychologically, what that is to constantly be a part of something that is unattached to you, <laughs> just disconnected, disassociated to you and your willingness every day to decide that I'm still going to try to be a part of this because it me my life means something, even if it means nothing to you. Right. And so when I think about that sheer will, right, even with the changes and things that's progressively happening, right? I mean, the conversations that are happening, I still, that theory of inaction and it's not happening fast enough is something I have to navigate all the time. I'll give you a prime example. And I, I just want to start by saying I'm still going to make the choice to be a mom, even though I'm about to tell you the journey of why this was one of the hardest conversations in my mind I had to make. One of the things I, I thought was real selfish and I had to talk to Liz about, it, I said, it's so selfish for me to want to think about bringing children in this world. And I'm at a point in my my life where a lot of people have been like, what are you going to do? What happens if, you know, you don't end up in a you know a relationship? What are you going to do? Like, you still, how are you going to make that happen? Adoption, da, 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 da. And every time I had this conversation in my head, and I know I have something to offer a child, you know, a family, right, of my own. That's, first of all, shout out to my family. Y'all still my family. I don't want no problems, okay? I meant to say my own kind of inner circle because my family get real, they they listening, okay? I'm yeah, yeah. on record. What you mean? Um, I know, that's exactly, I know my aunt said it. I'm sorry, aunt. Um, but when I think about that particular piece of protection, I go out every day. 
I got my list. I'm a woman. Oh, am I, I am I okay? Do I have my mace in case somebody decides to attack me? Oh, am I, you know, how am I dressed? Okay, yep. You know, where am I going? What's those things, right? I add that layer of blackness. Okay, I'm going to this neighborhood that my friend who's a predominantly white neighborhood, I drive a, a, a car that's not necessarily like the same car everybody else. I'm a standout. Is it washed? Oh, matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to dress up a little bit more on top because that's the part that they see. If I can layer that into my being a mother, I know the instinctions that I have already for my friends and family. I always check in with people. Are you home yet? What you doing? How you feeling, girl? I heard about, you know, before I processed that shooting, Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, let me call. I should let me text Lise. Let me let me text my other friend. She got kids that age. Boom, boom, boom. Right. That protective nature kick in. So if you think this this something coming out of my loins. Right. That mama bear. I don't know who that would be candidly, but it's almost selfish to say I want you to I'm, I want you in this world to sign up to go through that same checklist for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I, I, I mean, <clears throat> The only thing that gives me hope, you know, um, is ancestors. So, you know, I think we forget how new this country is sometimes. And I constantly, you know, Sharon and I have had this conversation. I mean, my mom, when she turned voting age, she couldn't vote. Um, I was born into segregation. I'm not that old. So we're talking about, you know, not having a full democracy ever in this country, in the 250 years that this country has been founded. And so to, to, to still be having this generation after generation after generation of you having to go through that psychological, you know, trauma, which is what it is, uh, of just existing. And, and saying, I don't want to bring a child into this world. It, it's, it's sad uh, in one sense, but, you know, it, it, was, it was a construct. It was created. Now, why do you have to go through that? Because this country was founded on the notion that you weren't a person, that I wasn't a person. Lizzie wasn't a person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not even a judgment. I mean, the Supreme Court said that. The Dred Scott decision was really about this, you know, enslaved African suing, you know, his owner because they took him to a free state. And then the Supreme Court, and he said, well, then I'm not a slave, I'm free. And the Supreme Court ruled and they said, oh, it's the worst decision of the Supreme Court. But it was a decision of the Supreme Court that said when the Constitution was founded, it never intended to include Black Africans as persons. That's right. And so when we talk about humanity, that word human, that's how we codify it in legal language as person, citizen. We were never meant to be citizens. And so if if I was an afterthought, then I, that means I'm at best tolerated. At best. At best. At, and, at, best. at best. And I will say to that particular point, I, you know, if we got into legislation and the systems, right, that 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 influence these these types of conversation that can kind of send people mm-hmm. off on tangents, I, I, I don't want to get per se into too much of that. Actually, none of that, because yeah. what I want to show is that it's a human. It's a 
Yeah. It is a it takes a human experience to understand an experience of another mm-hmm. person. Right. right. So at the core of the story, when you talk about McDonald's and, and first of all, I did want to joke and say you was over there getting that senior coffee. But that's just an inside <laughs> joke for everybody. That's not, that's not, Why are you that's calling not, him out like that, Sheriff? That's, hey, that's not. You go to Tuesdays joke. to the movies. It's all right. Listen, <laughs> listen let me just I, first of all, for those of you, um, that's not an ageism cause uh, um, <laughs> issue, but I don't have issue with but I had to joke about that because I always yeah. be thinking, Robin up there that senior coffee uh, all the time. Man, I cannot knows. wait. I cannot me? wait. Me, no. I'm going to be yeah. like, you want to go to the movie? Because you know how expensive the movies are? It is expensive. Yeah. 60 expensive. bucks. I'm like, no, yeah. no. I'm going to go to senior night. Get, I'm like, can, abuelita, you want to go to the movies with me? You're not going to understand what it says, but do you yeah, want to go yeah, to the yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is she always taking me to the movie? Because I'm going to discount with you. <laughs> That's right. Just I love you, you so much. Just to give you context, that $20 ticket, I mean, you need about uh, four of them right now to fill up your car your car right now. So I just want to put that in context. Like, look, $20 is a lot of money. Um, but I, I say all that to say, like, I really do feel like in this moment, that's not fear is not going to stop, right? right. Fear yeah. is not going to stop us or those who are been marginalized, underrepresented, not included, not uh, felt the sense of belonging or even wanted, right, in this society. Right. But what I will say, and I don't know where it left off, but I, I do want to just say this: it, it fuels a fire that we don't often talk about. That's in the positive, right? Where it, you put those things of hope and progress and encouraged and wanted to pave a way so that that reach back is not mm-hmm. enough. It's almost this reach forward, like, okay, no, I, I got you coming behind yeah, yeah. me, but let me keep pushing so that, right. you, that you don't have to go any single thing. You can learn from what I, the traumas that I have, the lessons that I have, the information right. I have, my network exposure, all those things so that you can push this thing forward. But it also is a responsibility on all of us to figure out how to heal right now. Like that, I joked about the mindfulness piece, but that has been the thing that has transformed me. So yeah. all y'all who who know, I think it, I go to therapy, shout mm-hmm. out to my therapist, right? Yeah. And I'm not ashamed yep. about that. And there's been shame about therapy in 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 my particular family and there was a you know my aunties had to be bold like oh no we stopping that we yeah. we doing this this is right. starting yeah. here yeah. that's right but also just thinking about my health the things that keeps me as a person stored up to have to be able to be um to lay the foundation for those who going to have the rest of this fight beyond me Right. Yeah. To push this thing forward to say one day that word human is going to include us. And that's that's the part that when I think about this particular conversation, that's the one thing I took away and I needed it at the best time in my life, which was that's probably the catalyst of getting this podcast even more forward pushing was there is hope in this beyond the trauma. It's a lot of hope. Well, we talk mm-hmm. about our valleys on this podcast like we have. And they'll, they'll, they're out on our webpage, like our value system. And we are firm believers, right? That joy, community, self-care. Uh, I use the word love. Shara uses the word heart. We'll get into that another time. But all those things, people always say, I deserve this or I deserve that or these are earned. No, 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 no. They are inherent. They are not things that are earned or deserves. It's just it that just needs to be. And so when you talk about self-care and mindfulness and everything, it's like 
and you can see it now, right? Look at all these kids that that have access to guns and have, there's a wave of mental health issues and we're not talking about it enough, especially in our communities because we've been forced or 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 pushed traumatized. to traumatize. <laughs> yeah, let's say, yeah. call it as it is, traumatized yeah. to just push for it. Oh, I don't got time for that. I don't have time. I got put. I got to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. I gotta. I gotta work three different jobs, and um, maybe because I, when I was growing up, my dad spent maybe half a day with us a week. So we never saw my dad because he had to put food on the table. My mom had to put food on the table and 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 navigate through these these very white dominated areas, especially in in their time when they came over to to the U.S., which was in the 70s and 80s. And and it's like, no, all of this is just compounding. And we need to talk about mindfulness. We need to talk about mental health. And and it's okay. I see a therapist, too. I get coached by so many different people. I journal, I meditate. Why can't I do that? Why is that exclusively or what I, in my mind, and this is going to be me saying this and I might get dinged for it, but I saw that as a, as a white thing Mm -hmm. that white people go to yoga, that white people do meditation. Yeah. No, that is, that's not the, that's not what it should be. Well, there was a stigma attached to it, especially in my, when I grew up, you, you, um, nothing wrong with you, boy. Just get over there and sit down somewhere. <laughs> That's your yeah. problem. And as a community, there was a trauma that we experienced. Imagine, you know, going through that kind of trauma in your personal life. And then someone saying, you don't need any therapy. You just tough it out. And so a generation before us had to try and tough it out. And so when you have a lot of these pathologies and dysfunctions in our family, and our community, that's where it came from, because we were traumatized without any, uh, without, without any help. Now, what I don't do is play the victim. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a victim. I'm, I'm who I am. I'm, I'm this person who went through this trauma, but I'm not, I've been victimized by it. So I'm an American. I'm a man. I'm, I'm, I'm a black man. I'm, I'm not this, you know, person who has to say, well, let's not talk about color. Um, oh, that's who I am. And those things were associated with people who had the means and, and who, but, but the reason we said that happens in white communities is because black people felt like their strength came from the ability to tough it out. You know, uh, first generation uh, Latinos, we got to tough it out. You know, I, I, I came, came through trial to get here and I can tough it out. And we're, we're humans. We, we are people who are fragile. We break if you push us too hard and, and we do need to yeah. get, you know, have, if not professional therapy, have a, a, a village of people that we can reach out to and talk to. That's right. So, Robert, one of the things that we like to ask, because um, we're coming out to our hour here, Buddy's going to get oh. mad at us for how much we're editing here. But uh, <laughs> one of the one of the questions we like to ask is um, in this conversation, you know, what are the tools or resources that you have found to help other people who want to lean into this kind of topic and learn a little bit more about it? What are your tools that you, you give to out to people? The, the the one I use the most, and, and I have a lot of tools I use, a, a lot of, um, uh, but the one I find myself using the most is not even a DEI tool. It, it, it's, it, it was a tool by Stephen Covey, but it's a maturity model. Um, and what I found is um, when you're trying to have honest conversations with people, 
when you find them being irrational, you know, alternative facts, when you find them being hypocritical, not being able to support, when you find them just having this visceral argument and they can't, it's because they're immature. It's because you're dealing with somebody who can't have an adult conversation. And, and, and the way you know they're not immature is they respond like children. They, they, they have shouting matches with you. I mean, when, when a baby or a child, a toddler, all they know how to do when they're uncomfortable or, or when they're hungry is to cry, shout, mm-hmm. and act like a child. And we can't have these adult conversations. When one person is having an adult conversation, the other person is having a childish conversation and you hear it in their voices. Well, I, I don't care about all your facts. I know what I know. And and, you know, we'll just agree to disagree. Well, that's a childish, ignorant response. And and so before I have conversations with people and when I, I encourage people, if you want to have these difficult conversations. Uh, and I'll send that maturity model to you help people to have that conversation at the level that you're at. And if they can't get at that level, then help them get there. And I tell people that I say, well, I can't talk to you because you're a child. What do you mean? And I give them their behavior and I show them and I say, here's how adults have this conversation. It's a conversation in truth. It's a conversation based in fact. And I do what I call calibrate the conversation. I'll literally tell a person when we start a difficult conversation, I say, before we have a conversation, I'll say two plus two equals what? They'll say four. I say, good. Uh, The sun rises in the east and sets in the, they say, west. I say, what goes up must come down. And I'll say, good, we agree. And we agree not because of who we are, but because those are settled facts. Can we have a conversation about equity? based on facts? Can we have a conversation based on about race, based on fact? Can we have a conversation based on sexual orientation or gender based on fact? And if they say, no, nope, then fine, I don't talk. So, so that's the tool I think uh, that I found to be the most versatile and it, it doesn't waste my time. So once they say, I don't wanna have that conversation, that's fine, go ahead. Next. What's so funny is I do that to my kids, too. Oh, my gosh. I'm just realizing that I do that because they'll start kicking off. And I said, oh, you know what? We're not doing this today. You can come and talk to me when you're ready. Talk to me normally. And when you're ready, I will be here. And I just turn around and they're like, I saw I did it to my kids. (laughs) Well, and we have to save that energy for for people who can be changed. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) If we waste all that energy. Uh, you know, and that emotion, you know, and people who have settled in their minds that not only am I comfortable with this, I don't want it to change. I'm, I'm okay with, you know, with, yeah, with having the awareness of where you're at and what you want yeah. and, and yeah, and not pretending because we're yeah. just wasting our time here. You're just wasting my time. So if you don't want to push forward and move, have forward momentum. So, but Robert, I thank you so much yes. for this conversation. This was this was incredible. And I hope the the viewers really or the listeners really uh, enjoyed this conversation. I'm pretty sure we'll get a lot of comments and questions and probably have mm-hmm. you a take two on this. On, that's, that's we gonna have, sir. We're gonna have a lot of takes, a lot of takes. We, but we Sharon, do you wanna do you wanna leave the listeners with a question or moment of reflection for them? Yeah, I, I mean, got like three, uh, but you I think I know. Let's, yeah. I think we should share all of them. Like, let's, let's right. just take this 
faithful or all the moments of reflection. I think a couple of things I just want to clean up from this conversation. One, my fear don't stop me, right? And it doesn't stop others like me, right? It's, it's definitely something that you turn in. It's like fuel, right? For your car or maybe a charge for your electric car, right? You, you use it. You use that energy for the spaces in which is important to you, right? And sometimes you prioritize the things that are the best for you, and sometimes you don't. And no different, no matter what I look like or others look like, it's important. I also recognize that we've talked a lot about race, right, um, and, and, and gender um and some gender norms, right, in this particular conversation. And I just want to recognize that we we have and will continue to talk about other areas of diversity that we haven't gotten to yet. So I think, you know, if this is your first time listening, this is not necessarily the continuous thing. We This is a particular topic and you should look at the other ones so that you can find the ones that may even resonate even more with you than this one. But I, if I think about anything about this conversation and I would say, the biggest part of this conversation or theme for me was courage, right? A part of being courageous in the word, at least being a coach, it's easy to ask somebody to do that, but it's hard for you to take that on and do the work for yourself. And so as I work through this conversation about being human and systematic racism and my journey to motherhood and my space in some rooms that I'm least like the most people there um, and all those spaces, I think the one thing that I always take away is that in this opportunity, I get to develop and be more courageous so that whatever I decide to do, I'm in a better place to be able to do it. And not only do it for myself, but to do it for others. And so if I don't take, if you don't take anything else out of this particular piece is prioritize self-care, prioritize getting a coach and a mentor or and also, most important, share your story. Share your story. Share your share it in a place where you know you feel safe. Uh, one of the things I always tell people um, when we do our IDID briefs is the work that you're going to do in DNI. You always need somebody, a personal, someone in your personal life that you can have these conversations with that's going to allow you to be absolutely vulnerable to go back on what you said you know 10 minutes ago or five days ago and to grow and ebb and flow like Robert has given me that space and also to have that space at work right if you are a DNI leader or you are a person who have any power leadership it fill in the space if you're just an influencer and you're an individual contributor and you know you can influence and change things then take on that responsibility to be a have a space to be accountable and have somebody who if you really feel passionate about this work to be able to talk to about how you can help influence for the for the best parts of what dni have to offer and so have those two places those accountability partners and those safe i won't say safe spaces um dr uh tonda Oh, her name just, what's her what name, Liz? Yeah, I know oh, what you mean. Oh, I sent it to you in a text. Okay, she was saying have courageous curiosity. It's the it's the yeah. woman who is building the International um, African-American Museum in Charleston, South Carolina. She said something um, on another show um, about being, you know, courageously curious and have courageous curiosity. And I'll be honest with you. Dr. Tanya Matthews. About, 
Come on now, Dr. Tanya Matthews. There you go. Spaces man, for courageous you, damn, curiosity. Damn. Yes. She and said you know, no share, more safe spaces. She said yeah. no more safe spaces. Because people define the, that differently. People define right. that differently. And safety is it has its own definition where we always talk yeah. about common language in it. And I think what I've taken away from this too, if if you're not an influencer or a DNI lead and you're you are in a company who is who is intentionally trying to make a difference in DNI spaces in the work in the works in the workspace workplaces. And you're not actively doing that. Think about whenever you have a DNI group that is either people of color or all women or both, and there aren't there aren't people in there that are white men or white women or able bodies or or um, you know cis, and, but, and you're putting that pressure, or you're not you're not putting that pressure, but that pressure is on. We already are dealing with all these traumas, generational traumas, psychological traumas, workplace traumas, all of that. And, on, and then on top of it, we're trying to lead it forward because it matters to us. It's so important to us. We're trying to break those curses. We're trying to break those generational curses and, and create a new world or a better world for our future, right? We talk about legacy and that's huge for me. Take that pressure off of people because it is a lot. It's a lot to be carrying that share as a black woman to be carrying all these, these, these safety and, and, and like not able to say, oh, I have to be careful on, you know, how, where I drive or how I drive and, and like, make sure I'm in what neighborhood am I in, make sure I'm dressed appropriately. And then on top of that, we're asking to shoulder that burden of moving workplaces forward. Think about Think about those spaces in your environment. If you are a white male or a white person or a person, let's let's say what Robert said, a person with power. If you are a person with power that can make that change, think about what your impact is and think about what you can do to contribute and help this community move forward. Yeah, I'm gonna pass it to Robert for some closing reflection too, but I have to just say this, just because I shared this story today, don't, don't layer it on every black woman you see. Okay, public service announcement, you know, people of color, uh, women, we are, black people are not monolithic, right? So just know that this is my particular story. This may not be the experience of anybody else, no different than your experiences are uniquely to you. So just know this is something that is an individual story and that should should not be layered onto other people or you get curious and be like, do you have, have you thought about this? No, but for you to know that out of the spectrum of the rainbow, I'm just this little speck, right? Um, In the grand scheme of all the other blackness or black people who have to navigate this space as well. So I just want to make sure that that is very clear because that's that that oftentimes it's like, oh, so all black women feel this way and all like, no, we don't. By the way, I got my own brain and I was raised a certain way and I've had different experiences that make me think differently. So Robert, any reflections, closing remarks, anything you want to impart? I guess my my big one, the word that comes is honesty. This was about being honest. And sometimes in that honesty, speaking your truth, it makes other people uncomfortable. That's okay. That's good. That's actually what you want because it's that space of that person being uncomfortable that you can have that conversation. And so I challenge people to kind of break through that, break through that moment of uncomfortableness. The the, the reason we're still talking about this is because we still basically live in a segregated country. 
we still are segregated. So most of the people with problems of people not like them, whether they be able-bodied or, or any other dimension uh, on the wheel, is because they just don't know those people. You know, I, I go back to Dick Cheney. It took his daughter coming out as gay. Dick Cheney is probably the most conservative conservative I know. And then he finally got it and, and came out and said, I embrace my daughter. So, and, and then the second thing um, is there are still older people around and we need to reach out to them. Um, my wife's grandfather is 95. I took him for his doctor's appointment and the ride was about 20 minutes long. I learned history from that 95 year old man who was born in 1928. And he's just talking a matter of factly about things, you know, his experiences. And I'm thinking, we're going to let that generation of people die off with that rich history. So I encourage anybody, you know, whether you're a Gen Xer, you know, a millennial or Gen Z to seek out someone 60 and up and just listen, because it's going to give context to the struggle that you're fighting and it's going to give you way to kind of connect and, and possibly get some some healing in the process. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that because you know I got my granddad. My granddad I was gonna yeah. say that's sure. my best friend. Or anybody know me like you in my inner circle, you know like me and my granddad yeah. we roll yeah. tight. He's 92 yeah. and we best friends we talk everything. Um yeah. but I'll be honest with you one of my good friends told me she said you know you spend a lot of time with your granddad you need to record some of your conversations. Absolutely absolutely yeah and, and I, I said have you started? I, it was started a weird thing. With, I started doing it with my mom. And mm. I I didn't know, because my mom is just now talking. You'll find that older Black people don't talk about that unless mm-hmm. you kind of pull it out of them. You know, like people who've been to war, they don't talk about it. I just found out she picked cotton. <laughs> my mom picked cotton wow. when she was a child. And I didn't know that. You know, and then I started recording her. And you, you need to record uh, those people, you know, tell them, hey, I want to record this. And mm-hmm. you're going to have to listen to that 10 years from now or 20 that's years. That's amazing. From now. I love that. That's, that's and, share, and share and with share with the family. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But I, that's the but truth. My, my HR, my HR spotty business is saying, listen, you know, make sure it's your family member and somebody who, because, <laughs> you know, we got two party states. Yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, help you. Make sure you get consent. Make sure you get consent. Even with that consent, you have to edit some of them. Well, right. I can tell. Let me tell you about the time. Okay, hold yeah. on, Brandon. Ooh, <laughs> that that, and when they just start saying names, people yeah. are like, well, let me tell you about your cousin. Yeah. I said, nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It's off. And you know that wasn't a real husband. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Well, Robert, exactly. Oh, exactly. Well, Robert, we we appreciate you. We thank you. We're so honored that you, you know, you shared with us on this platform and you 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 allowed us to to talk with you and stuff. So, uh for those that want to follow us, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, uh More Than Words podcast. You can also email us any questions um or any questions you have for Robert. His uh bio is going to be on Instagram, uh, but you can email us at Liz and Shara at more than words, podcast.com. Looking see y'all next week. All right. Yes. Yes. Bye.